and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me as always is my man Moss and our boy Evan. How are we doing today, fellas? Man, I'm doing so good. Evan, how are you doing, bud? Basketball season is back, baby, so I'm doing good. Yeah, can't reiterate that enough. We got mm. something to distract us from the uh, the other sports team at Texas Tech, as I like to call them. The other. is not yeah. me judging. I'm pretty into meat judging nowadays. Into meat judging? Yeah, we're champions. Is that, we're the champions. Can you explain meat judging for the listeners that may not know it at home? You uh, you basically get, I know this because Michael Moss, my little brother, is an expert meat judger, and uh, you get slabs of meat, right? And you have to grade their quality based on And do they get these uh, the on meat visual. from, uh, what, what type, where do they get the meat from? Some beef hounds? Some beef cakes? They've got a guy that, got, that gets the meat uh. for them. Okay. Anyway, they judge the meat on quality in Texas Tech, best meat judging school in the country. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, we're kind, of a, we're kind of a powerhouse, as some would say, in the meat judging world. <laughs> hey, if if you're gonna be anything in the meat judging world, you want to be a powerhouse. That's what I always say. I just don't uh, think you would want to suck at meat judging. Say you go in there being all cocky, and you're not. Gonna yeah. Be, and you're no if, good if at you're gonna if meat. you're gonna do something, do it well, and that goes for meat judging too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. But so I was actually referencing the other other team, which mm. is the football team at Texas Tech. Mm, I forgot about. Uh, that. Yeah, so I mean, last time I heard the season got canceled. I don't think they played the other night, but they might have. <laughs> no, um, no, no, they had a bye week. Oh, they had a bye week. Yeah, it was so, a cry week. Yeah, and the, the week before, I don't remember anything happening either, that week either. Did, you, did something happen that week? No, I think I I think I kind of suppressed that in the deepest deepest bowels of my memory. So. I don't think uh, I'm, nothing on my end. No. I actually uh, started therapy sessions uh, about two weeks ago on Saturday nights. I don't know yeah. if anything in that correlation, but uh, yeah. My, mine started Sunday, but they were shock therapy, and I don't remember anything before it. <laughs> 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 All right, the elephant in the room. Texas Tech lost to the goddamn Kansas Jayhawks. I don't know what else to say. Uh, well, it was not a pretty performance. We went up 17-0, and then uh, the gates were opened on our uh, brilliant secondary and uh, Keith Patterson's you know, blitzing defense and man coverage down the field that can't guard anybody and uh, allowed Kansas to get back in the game, came down to the wire. Kansas had it, you know, field goal, walk-off, field goal opportunity. And uh, it's a big surprise, Ryan, if you didn't watch the game. We blocked that kick, right? We blocked that kick, got the ball, about to run it back for a touchdown. Or, like they tell you to do, you know, kneel it, run out the clock, right? You know, just like a you know a minor coaching mistake, I guess. But no, um, we actually had a uh, little fumble. It was a... Uh, it was a, a uh, pitch to no one. I was going to say an unforced fumble. That's uh, accurate. Yes, it was a, uh, it was a pitch, uh, a lateral, some say, professionals would say that. To uh, to nobody, and uh, Kansas jumped on the ball, and guess what? There was three seconds left, and the kicker got another chance from 22 yards to to kick the walk-off field goal. So, yeah, it's a little now, bit of a recap. Now, I'm glad I'm only, I don't remember that. I'm only going <laughs> to say this once. Douglas Coleman made an idiotic play, yes. He's one of our best defenders. Should yeah. we have ever even remotely been in that situation? Absolutely not. Don't even try to put the majority of the blame on on Douglas. Um, oh, I'm not. That's and, no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying in general for for any any Tech fan, um, that's tough on him. I know it. 
um, in a bang bang play like that, you know, you're thinking the clock's expired more than likely. You're trying to give your, your team a, an explosive play to go down and win. But, um, man, the fact that we were in the position to lose to a field goal, um, to Kansas is, and I, I'm going to be honest, this is, this is the most embarrassing loss as a tech football fan that I can ever remember. Ever. Hey, hey Evan, Cliff never lost to Kansas. Just oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, here we to, go. to go to talk more about Douglas Coleman for a sec, though, I'm with you, Evan. It was a it was like a boneheaded play. It's gonna be all over your Sports Center, not top tens, and it's gonna be you know it was. They're gonna make Tech into a little bit of a laughing stock, of course, because obviously laugh. it's a it's a ridiculous play. But what you're right, what he was trying to do was lateral the ball to someone to try to score a touchdown with the clock expiring on a blocked field goal, make a majestic play that would win the game. Instead, it was. It was just, like you said, a bang-bang mess up by a 20-year-old kid, which you hate to see. Um, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is we were up 17 nothing and lost 37-34 to to the Kansas Jayhawks and, because they eviscerated the secondary with Hail Mary after Hail Mary, and now we're in dead last in the Big 12. And now I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses at all because, dear God, it's Kansas, but— Coming into that week, there was not a single team in the nation who had more confidence coming off of a loss in the week prior than the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay, We saw them go down to UT, nearly steal a game, put up astronomical numbers. Um, It wasn't just Puka Williams. We saw the passing attack against UT stellar as it was against us. They had, you know, they had the hype coming into this week or, or last week. Um, and they were ready. I mean, you're, I'm, you're just, right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying they had a lot of confidence. I don't want to make excuses, but Kansas was ready and prepared yeah. and, and they were, they were hyped up and they were the better football team hands down. But the key to what you said in my mind there is no one had more confidence off a loss. They were still coming off a loss. There was a lot of teams out there with way more confidence because they're actually good. The next week they went out and they lost by 28 to Kansas state they had gotten dusted by Oklahoma, destroyed by TCU. They're not good. No, yeah. they're, no, they're not good. Texas Tech made them look good. No, they're Texas not Tech good. Texas Tech made them look good. And it wasn't even Puka Williams that beat us. Puka Williams only averaged three yards a carry. Steven Robinson, the wide receiver, had six catches, and he averaged 31 yards a catch. That is just uh, – that is unforgivable. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't allow that. Yeah, I mean, and we've been giving – well, I've been getting giving criticism to uh, Yost – but uh, I really think the blame here is on Patterson. I mean, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You gotta yeah. change it up, man. You gotta change it yeah. up. He's he's really he's really narrow minded when it comes to coverage. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, seen we that still, in the last few games. I I thought we didn't call a terrible game offensively. No, uh, no I didn't think this so week. Either. You know, they scored thirty four points. Yeah, I mean, you see Jet Duffy go twenty three for thirty four, two hundred and seventy plus yards for three touchdowns. Sir Roderick Thompson carrying the ball for 80 yards and a touchdown. We didn't have a bad offensive performance. This week, the blame, totally agree, falls on Keith Patterson's shoulders. All right, Mm -hmm. boys, you're bringing me uh, flashbacks from my therapy session. That that stuff is expensive. I don't want to. I want to use that to go forward. So you're supposed to. You're supposed to talk about it on the couch, Chris. Uh, uh, I've I've talked enough, man. I've broken enough things. We got a game coming up though for the football team on uh, Saturday versus West Virginia. Uh, some quick thoughts about that. Um, I mean, it's a wildly important game. It's one we had circled as 
an easy win a, a couple weeks ago, and now we're thinking to ourselves, holy shit, will they win? And, I mean, this is another one to – this is the one to crawl out of the bottom barrel of the Big 12, right? Yeah. Like, we need to win this goddamn game. Yeah, and I disagree, though, for an easy win. At the beginning of the season when we broke down the whole schedule, I pegged West Virginia as a tough game simply because Morgantown is one of the toughest places to play in the Big 12. And, you know, yeah. I, I already mentioned I had some buddies go there and play uh, in, in Morgantown for OU, and they consistently said, what's the worst place to play in the Big 12? Morgantown. Their fans are rowdy. No matter if they're good or bad, it's just a tough place to play. Oh, no. And we're going to have to play well. No, you're, you're 100% right. But I'm just thinking back to that week when we beat Oklahoma State. We right. were talking, you know, high and mighty. We were circling games like, oh, well, West Virginia's a win. Kansas is a win. This is a win. And it turns out, you're right. Nothing is guaranteed here. That's a tough place to play. They did lose their head coach and their starting quarterback. But you're right. I mean, a road game in the Big 12 in a hostile environment. It's not an easy win. It, it definitely won't be. We we don't have any easy wins. The easiest yeah. win is gone. Yeah, yeah. It was. We, uh, it was all uphill uh, from here. You know what? It they're was probably fake thinking, university or whatever. Montana State. They're probably thinking. You know, they're probably thinking that this is an easy win. This is probably the easiest win they can get. So yeah, that's where we are with football, man. I am thankful though that after you know we have to win three of the next four to go bowling. Everyone knows that. Thankfully. After West Virginia, we get two home games against two winnable teams. We have TCU the following week. Winnable, and then we have Kansas State. I mean, I, I know winnable, we saw Kansas State huh? beat OU, and I get that, and they played really well. But and TCU uh, has been putting up points. I still think yes. that they. I still think that they are winnable. I think that if we play well, we still could go bowling. But we're gonna have. I mean, if mathematically, if we lose to West Virginia, could we still go bowling? Yes, but in my opinion. We don't win in Morgantown. We're done, bro. Math is oh, math absolutely. is out the window with this team. Math, the math is, out, is the out the window. window. Yes. We're living on a prayer. We're living on a prayer, <laughs> baby. Is Bowman coming back? I need to know. Uh, actually, to that's know. a good question. Is if Bowman, Bowman is healthy, back. If Bowman is healthy, would you want him to start? Yes, please God, give me so, a little bit of give me a little bit of reason to turn on my TV and not cry when I see Texas Tech football on. So, so what I say to that is, yes, but not because Jet has been bad. No, Jet hasn't no. been the reason they've lost games. Not at all. I want to see Bowman just to see a spark and a change, and maybe we rile something up by changing something up. I, and I disagree. I don't want to see Bowman play. I want to see him get medical redshirted this year, if possible. Hater. Okay. Fine. Why? Why I, though? He's whatever. Is it possible? He played two and a half games. I believe. And I, I'll, I'll go back and check, but I believe that it is possible for him to take a medical red shirt this year if he doesn't come back on the field. Now, what do we have to lose by not playing Bowman? We've already said that Jet isn't the problem. Yeah, let's let's ride, let's ride Duffy out this year and let's save Bowman for another year of eligibility, if Evan, possible. Evan, if this is true, I that don't he want can to play three games or two and a half games or whatever and take a medical, you know, or red shirt. What is he going to be thirty playing? Because I don't see him not getting hurt every single season, two and a half games in. Well, the, I I I disagree with that, but I mean, do you think he'd play three more <laughs> years stat. if he took a redshirt? Little jab, little jab. I, I mean, I do you think, think so? He's going to be our starter for the next three years. I don't see that. I don't see that either. I mean, I just want to see a shakeup, man. And like you said, Jet hasn't been the problem, but maybe if we put in a different offensive game plan around a different style quarterback, 
something different will happen and we'll see a win. I don't know, man. You know what? Evan is being unselfish for the future of Texas Tech football. My viewpoint, and I personally in my believe opinion, that the future. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm just saying I'm being selfish. I just want to see Bowman play. That's really it. Yeah. I want to see how good he is on the field. You know, I I picked him to be the Heisman, Heisman candidate this year, and unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Clearly, I just want to see how good he is. You know what? If he's not fully healthy, and if he can take the red shirt, you know what? I agree with Evan. Take the red shirt. Come back next year, and I'll put money on you to be the Heisman candidate. I Once think again. that Mr. Maverick <laughs> McIver again. is the future of Texas Tech football as as leading the, the QB program in the near term. I do. So you think so you think Bowman's going to take a red shirt and transfer them? No. Because if, uh, if he's well, not the future, he ain't sitting around to be on the bench after lighting up the league when he was in it. I think that if if Bowman comes back and plays that in the future we see Maverick McIver take the reins. He was going to be our two-string this year, no question, if he hadn't gotten hurt uh, preseason. But, I mean, if, if McIver is the is the future and he's the starter next year, that means we're never seeing Bowman in a jersey again. Evan, I'll be honest with you, man. I have no faith in Bowman. I think that boy is made out of, you know, paper straws. He gets hurt way too often. So I would be happy to see Maverick come in. I, I, dude, I disagree. I mean, he was so fucking good last year when he played. He threw three games this year. He was on track to pick up through three games. He had over a thousand yards this year. How many games has he played? He's played like what? Seven games. He's been hurt three times. Come on. He's been hurt twice. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, how how hard is it to put up that many yards against Montana state, UTEP, and then a little bit of Arizona. They lost. I mean, I mean, still, it doesn't matter if they're shit teams. He still put up over a thousand yards, six touchdowns and like no picks or one pick through three games. Like, uh, I, I want to see what he has. I, would I like don't see, want it to be over. I would like to see Bowman go through some experimental medical procedure where they replace his bones, where they take out the paper straws and put in some, like, you know, All right. metal. You know because what? This is we un- got to cancel football. Let's just cancel the team because Bowman's dead. <laughs> the team sucks. We're not going bowling, and I want basketball to start. <laughs> We're going bowling. We'll see. We're going to check hey. in on this game. Just very quick before we transition, keys to the game, West Virginia, what you got? Fuck, put up uh, some points and play some decent play defense. <laughs> yeah, remember how to play football? Maybe maybe fire Patterson or at least change him uh, out with someone that isn't so narrow-minded that can play a couple different you know, uh, defensive coverages. Now, let's not forget, we have been singing Patterson's praises this season. We yeah, have. I was. We're also, we're very temperamental here. This, this, is, <laughs> this is when you lose the Kansas. You know, the dam's yeah. broken loose. Emotions right, are flooding out. For a, a realistic key to the game, get out to a hot start like we did last time. But when you have the hot start, play it safer. You know, play uh, some deeper coverage with less blitzing and don't let passes over the top. I, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say play it safer, but, you know, mix when it I up on play defense. It safer, I mean, don't blitz every fucking play yeah. with no one over the top to cover it, people. It's just, we're just not getting pressure. We haven't been getting pressure in like the last like three games, so I I totally agree with you, Rod. What are you? What about you, Evan? What's your key? Uh, our secondary, our ability to protect the long ball. We've seen. I mean, we got shredded by Kansas from a passing attack, which is absolutely asinine, right? I mean, Texas also got shredded though. Right, yeah, and and again, recently. Man, I I think that. Uh, 
all-encompassing defense is going to be the key against West Virginia. But um, I think that our offense will be able to hold their own. It's going to come down to our defense being able to step up. Patterson making adjustments, think, saying, oh, huh, okay, playing man-to-man and, and blitzing every, every, every down really isn't working. Maybe we should try something different. Maybe we should try a little zone and, and figure out what we can do. Um, I think that's going to be the key. But um, I don't know, boys. I don't have a lot to talk on football this week, to be honest with you. Yeah, let's get out of this remiss- depression, please. Uh, I'd be remiss not to mention one thing. Mm. A key mm. to the game will be punting. We are the pro punting podcast. That's right. Yep. All right. Go and check out that interview on. with Dom. Yeah, two absolutely. Go back a, an episode or two and find uh, the interview with old Dommy boy. But, uh, boys, mm. what do you say? We crack a cold one. Because basketball season started last night. Amen. Woo, that dandy tastes Nothing like different. the cold Rockies. Mm. All right, fellas. Last night, Texas Tech started the basketball season with a commanding win. An absolute dominant win, mm. which you would expect. Mm. They unveiled a couple banners last night. Big 12 championship mm. and Final Four banner. Mm. On top of that. We had the new people. We had the freshmen. We had Ramsey. We had Shannon. Mm. We had the transfers. We had the transfers. Mm. Everyone playing great. Mm. And you know what? It was great to see this team pick up right where they left off. Mm. Wow. That got me going. <laughs> it was absolutely. A little bit uh, wet in the pants. It was. Oh, boy. It was absolutely incredible, man. <laughs> and And it's great to see this team, like you said, get back to where they left off. Uh, I'm glad they recognized the the past uh, performance of last year's team with all the excellence that came with it. But Chris Beard said, you know, we have to look forward. We have to accomplish our own goals this year. Let's let's you know focus on this game. We're going to be one and zero. So it, they didn't get overwhelmed by the moment in a packed crowd. They were sold out, which is incredible. Chris Beard said this was the greatest opening crowd that he's seen at Texas Tech. Um, so that was, that was awesome that, you know, all the fans came out against Eastern Illinois. Like it was like they were playing Kansas in there. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll one up you there, Chris. It wasn't the greatest opening crowd under Chris Beard's tenure. That's the greatest opening crowd I've ever seen in my entire life mm. in the United Supermarkets Arena. Mm, I'll one up you. Chris Beard said that was the greatest opening performance of the crowd in all of college basketball on that Monday. <laughs> I, I'll say... I want to both of you. Uh, I said that that was the best opening performance in the history of sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving forward. Um, that, yeah, you know, we saw we saw the team uh, that I was expecting to see. Or, or, I'm sorry, hoping to see. Uh, one thing that I was a little bit nervous about this year's team was the lack of returners. I mean, we only had you know three returners, Avery Avery Benson being one of them, but he was on the bench. Um, and what I was worried about was, can this team mesh early? And it looked like they did. It looked like everything was running smoothly on the offensive side and looked like people were taking charges for each other on the defensive side and playing for their brothers. So, um, that was probably the biggest, uh, thing that I saw from the team that I was wanting to see. Um, Evan, you can take it from there, man. I'm just so hyped about this team this year. Absolutely. You know, I can't overemphasize enough the importance of, the opportunity that we had um, to go down uh, to the Bahamas and play the quality teams that we did. You know, you have the opportunity once every four years to go. You can elect not to do so. But I think Chris Beard was incredibly wise knowing that he has a young team coming in, a young team that has to mesh quickly. 
And that early experience, I think, is going to prove to be really, really crucial and important as we progress through this season. And let's not let's not kid ourselves. We saw some jitters. We saw some jitters in this game early on. You know, it was a little closer than we wanted to see. We saw some defensive breakdown, especially early in the game. We kind of got it a little bit squared away later on in the game. Um, but overall, man, I thought that we played really well. We saw some of the the, the potential stars that we could we thought would break out this year, you know, specifically, specifically with Ramsey, uh, put on a show. And I think that it's, you know, only, only up from here. Oh yeah. Um, great first game. Uh, very excited to see them come out and play the way that they did. Uh, not, not a whole lot of criticism on my end, really, other than a few defensive breakdowns and then the turnovers. We saw them go into the half. That's what with, I was going to go to go into the half with four turnovers, right? They finished the game, uh, 13. with 13 right so we see him have nine turnovers in the second half alone but that's that's early they'll get that they'll get that squared away chris knows what he's doing um and we'll get that fixed but all in all i was happy with how our boys pl- our boys played and i was happy with our coaching and uh man i cannot wait for this entire season to play out yeah i mean i gotta reiterate some of the things you guys said it was awesome seeing the guys mesh together uh Beard looking great as always there on the sideline. And I'll tell you what, this is a dangerous team from behind the arc. Yep. Shooting 57% from three last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew we had good guards coming into this game, but hot damn were they shooting the ball lights out. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, it was it was good to see the team meshing. And my only issue was the turnovers, you know, 15 assists to 13 turnovers. You don't love to see that. But like you said, it's game one. Uh, they're getting the jitters out. We got these kids playing, eighteen-year-old kids playing their first D1 basketball game in their life. So I'm not worried about it at all. I'm just happy that the basketball team's back and fucking looking great as ever. Yeah, so big. I was that was one thing that I was saying before the season started. We have a chance to be one of the best three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball. Even our bigs can shoot threes. We saw that with Holyfield. Um, Chris Clark even can shoot threes. So that is that's going to be a key to Texas Tech moving forward. I'll tell you, I was a little surprised. Let me know your thoughts. I was surprised that Chris Clark didn't start. Uh, I was yeah. too, actually, Evan. But, you know, Chris Beard has always had a thing for six-man guy coming off the bench. Maybe that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. And we saw we saw Terrence Shannon Jr. get the start, um, to my surprise. I, I thought, mean, he played I thought, great, though. Oh, he did. Oh, absolutely. yeah, he's, he's a beast, man. Big picture here, I think most would agree. Um, I have a... A little different opinion on this probably than you do, but player of the game, who was it? Why? I'm going to say Moretti. I think Moretti was probably my player of the game. Yes, he didn't have the best offensive, you know, performance that he's had, but I really, you know, you can really see that he's the leader out there, and that's something that we need this year because we lost so many seniors um, and, you know, other people to the NBA, Culver. But, yeah, we needed a leader this year. It looks like Moretti has stepped up um, and be that, you know, to be that guy at the point guard position. Yeah, I'm going to also point out a guard that maybe wasn't the most obvious pick. Like, Jamius Ramsey, obviously, unbelievable first game as a, you know, a D1 athlete. But Kyler Edwards, I thought he really also stepped up into a leadership role last night. He kind of did control, like, he acted as a floor general uh, with Moretti. And when Moretti wasn't on the court, Kyler was definitely the one bringing the ball up and kind of controlling everything. And I think that, you know, having those two guys being, you know, a bit of a not too old of veterans, but still technically are the veteran leaders over these two other freshmen uh, starting. I think it was great to see him 
you know, really come into his own and take a big part of this team. For sure. You know, I think Kyler uh, did a lot more than score the ball last night. We saw him lead the team in rebounds with seven, um, also snagging about three assists. And a block, um, baby. That big yep, block. Yep, sure did. But I think that, uh, you know, Jemias Ramsey taking, taking player of the game honors, well-deserved, 19 points, four rebounds, two assists. I think that the majority of uh, Tech fans would, would point to him. But for me, MVP of the game, and maybe just because I'm so pumped about his potential, is TJ Holyfield. Yeah. We see this guy go seven for eight from the field, 15 points, six boards. Um, if he can continue to play like he is uh, in game one, as well as how he did in the Bahamas, I mean, bring in, bring in the grad transfer experience that he that he has from SFA um kind of a you know a, a a Matt Mooney and a Tariq Owens type type experience right you know he's been there he's been in the big moments um I'm really excited for TJ Holyfield and his upside and I think that he could be very very pivotal moving forward for this team yeah one other thing I would like to to point out uh about the game with Ramsey, right, you see him playing the most minutes on the floor last night. You see him getting the majority of the shots and the points. It's looking like Chris Beard is not afraid to run the offense through his freshman. No, yeah. not at all. Totally agree, Ryan. And, that's, a, and, that's a really great point. And they went with a small ball lineup to start mm-hmm. the game. Holyfield's like the only true forward out there. You know, Shannon's kind of a swing player. Then you got three guards like under 6'5", all out there. And in college, you can get away with it. And they sure as shit did last night. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we saw we saw big plays for some other freshmen. Uh, you know, we saw Clarence Dandolny come in and play really well at the point. Big man, big Russ, Russian oh, Tashua, yeah. getting in there and getting some good minutes and putting up some good stats. Um, and, and let's keep in mind, this is even without Tyreek Smith, um, the decommit from A&M who got hurt, you know, and he's out, I think, six weeks. I think there's a chance that he, he might redshirt this year, but – if he comes back into this lineup, it's scary because we were running 11 deep in our lineup last night, you know? Yeah. Did Is Jordan Tomboy playing this year? Do we know? I haven't seen they any updates. So. I have well, seen zero have, updates, though. They have not delivered a verdict yet, and everything that I'm seeing is saying by this Thursday oh, okay. that we should know if he's going to play or not. Well, pray for that, man. That'd be huge yeah. if we get him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm seeing... This roster is just getting deeper and deeper by the day, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, and, and we had a huge commit last week. Evan, you know who that is? Absolutely. Micah Peavy from Duncanville, That's Texas. Yeah. One of the most important reasons why we got Jemias Ramsey was our ability to recruit moving forward. You know, they're they're seeing these five-star players come to Texas Tech, but Jemias and Micah Peavy were, were teammates at Duncanville, so... Um, Obviously, I'm going to give the credit to Chris Beard to bring in this recruit in, but the fact that Jemias and Micah were, were teammates, I believe that Micah's father was the coach at Duncanville High School. So um, we, we pegged Micah as, as a huge recruit for 2020. I would argue that he was probably uh, one of the top, if not the top targets early on for Chris Beard. Um, and to land him is absolutely huge. Moving forward, you know, we'll probably see a similar situation where he turns into a five-star recruit before it's all said and done coming in next year. Micah Peavy, huge recruit, huge win for Chris Beard. And uh, we're just seeing the program, um, 
you know, what we said it was going to do, establish success, and we're going to get the big boys start committing. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. I, I watched some of his uh, high school highlights, and, you know, you saw Ramsey in there with him, a few of them. And, you know, it, it was just incredible to watch. Micah, Micah is a hell of a player. And I'll tell you what, if Duncanville keeps turning out top-tier prospects and they all want to go to Texas Tech, sign them all. Yeah, I know, Absolutely. Right? Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that wraps up where we are in basketball. You know, we got a few more what sh- should be easy games in the, with the next few. And then come around uh, Thanksgiving time is when we start seeing some real names show up on the schedule. So, um, you know, I think that just about wraps us up for this week's episode. Any closing uh, words from you two fellas? We are a basketball school. <laughs> D- don't be fooled. Hey, one thing I do want to say, uh, a little off topic, but we saw Kentucky take down uh, Michigan State. It was number two and number one matchup. Kentucky uh, more than likely going to be the number one team in the nation uh, following this next week's um, polls. What a big opportunity we have to host the top team in the nation January at United Supermarkets Arena. I mean, holy smokes, fellas. That game is going to be rocking, and and Hell not yeah. even and not even just to win, but just to be in that environment for these freshmen. Chris Beard said they won't be freshmen anymore, so that you know they're probably going to grow up real fast. They're going to be in the hyperbolic time chamber at that Kentucky game because they're going to have to play a hey. lot older than they are. And before that game, we got Louisville coming to Lubbock as well, early December. Circle the calendars for that game. Louisville's ranked five in the country right now. Wouldn't be surprised if they're three in the country come that game. Louisville is the real fucking deal. No, I think that hey, I gotta correct too, you. But... I think that I think ah, that is in that's New York. A given. That's in New that's York. Madison Square Garden, I believe. Is it? Are you gonna We're go? Technically, the home team. Dude, oh, I'd love Madison to. Garden. I'd love to. One other quick highlight. All right, you boys in New York. <laughs> One other quick highlight I want to make is that we have a real shot to land Namari Burnett. Okay, he is a five-star combo guard, top 20 player in the nation, and it's really down to three teams, Alabama, Texas Tech, and Oregon. Almost every expert would agree that it's between Alabama and Texas Tech. Why would you go to Alabama? If we can land Namari Burnett, okay, with with already the addition of um, PB as well as the other four-star recruit that we landed earlier – Texas Tech would jump to number five in the nation for 2020 recruiting. Why Why would they go to Alabama? It doesn't make any sense. They're so you bad know, at basketball. I don't know why anyone doesn't want to come be coached by Chris Beard. Because they probably saw uh, – who was the one that came out of Alabama? Colin Sexton? Yep. yep. Yeah, but that boy is just they all saw the talent, sex man. man. That's the all. sex man was a, was a strong – a five-star guard that went to Alabama and – now he got dropped the drafted lottery. Maybe they you know they said, "Oh, if sex man can do that, I can do it." Chris Beard right. turns coal into diamonds. Okay, we well, we've seen this. This kid's already a diamond, my friend. <laughs> okay, what? whatever. Hey, and also maybe Alabama gave him a fat bag of cash. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true, bro. That is probably true. Chris Beard well, only just... gives people thirty racks of Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only bags that Chris Beard hands out are full of Whataburger. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that but there's... coach wells if you're listening you know they're doing something right well we will see <laughs> we will see our basketball team back in action this saturday 
Uh, again, in Lubbock, Bethune-Cookman's coming to town. We'll get to see our, our Red Raiders uh, hopefully put up another good performance. So uh, it, it's a double double header on Saturday. We get to see um, a little West Virginia game in the morning and then following up with a, a basketball game in the evening. So uh, it's going to be a big Saturday for the Texas Tech program. Wow. Hell yeah, brother. That's going to go from depressing to very happy. <laughs> hey, I'm not counting us out against West Virginia. I'm not counting us out. We'll see. Well, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And I'm Evan. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up. Guns up, baby.